This episode of the Happy Hour brought to you by Sugar and Slice Bakery. Contact Kristen at 863-326-8097. You can email her at sugarandslicebakery at gmail.com. They're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash sugarandslicebakery. See all the wonderful photos of their custom cakes, cupcakes, cookies, cheesecakes, and pies. Order for your next party, family get-together, or company event. Also, if you tell them that the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you, they'll give you $5 off the total of your next order. So don't forget to tell them that the happy, happy hour, hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hi, this is Rochelle from TBS's King of the Nerds, and you're listening to Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course I've got... Deuce, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Of course, this is the Happy Hour in Johnny and Deuce, and every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the patented Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Good times. Good times. Good times. And Deuce, we've uh, we've been fortunate enough to talk to several amazing people this past couple months. Uh, yeah, TBS is King of the Nerds. The season three, that the finale just happened. Uh, was it last week? Uh, and uh, congrats to Jonathan. He won. Uh, for those of you who hadn't checked it out, the little spoiler warning there. He won. Uh, and we'll have him next week, uh, which is awesome. But today we have the pleasure of talking to Rachel, and she is from S- Springfield, Missouri. So, uh, Rachel, welcome to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome, awesome. I guess I want to start off by asking, how did you get involved with King of the Nerds? Like, what was the the audition process like? Um, What's funny is a lot of people that you talk to will be like, the precursor for being on King of the Nerds is to be on this silly PlayStation Network show called The Tester that they used to do. And I was actually on season two of The Tester for one day um, with Danielle from King of the Nerds season one. And so I watched her on King of the Nerds season one, and I was just like, I have to do this. And so for season two, I auditioned, and I made it pretty far, but they wanted, like, a longer video, and I had a full-time job, and so I didn't really have a whole lot of time to make another video, so I just sent them my unedited one, and apparently it wasn't very exciting, so I didn't hear back. And then season three, I just really tried really hard on my video and made sure I stayed on top of everything. And they actually told me that I did not make it on the show. I made it all the way to signing the contract, and they told me that they weren't going to choose me. They were going to choose another girl. And the day before the final interviews in L.A., they called me at, like, 8 p.m., and they were just like, can you fly out at 7 in the morning and come to L.A. for an interview and see if you can still get on the show? And I was just like, yes, sign me up. Put me on a flight. I'll pack my bags right now. It's, we're good to go. So I spent all night packing, and out to California and made it. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> now, I've got a crazy question for you because you were talking about the PlayStation Network show, uh, The Tester. Was that also done yeah. by 5x5? Five five? Um, no, it was not. At least as far as I know. Um, it was just something that PlayStation Network, I actually can't even remember the production company, but it wasn't like they intentional, like intentionally looked for us or anything. I guess just because it's another nerdy show, we just have been on the lookout. Like, I'm yeah. not sure how Danielle got on the tester season two, but like for me, I was actually just being silly back in the day and looking at some reality TV website. Right. And they were like, do you like video games? Why don't you give this an end? Like, why don't you fill out a paper and see if they like you? And I ended up getting a Skype interview, and they just wanted to watch me play video games. And I was like, that's fine. I do it all the time. So they watched me play, and they were like, yeah, you should come be on this show. So I was like, okay. 
Well, it's interesting that you say that because we we've also actually had some people on from a, a show on Sci Fi Channel called Fangasm, which was also a, a kind of I guess you could kind of call it in the same realm, but not exactly. And, yep. You know, it, I'm not surprised that when you're going for a show like that, that you don't kind of maybe use some of those other shows to kind of mine people, if you will. Like, oh, they were really good on this show. People have already seen them, so they're kind of fresh in people's minds. It would probably be right. easier to bring them in because they might have somewhat of a Twitter following or a Facebook following mm-hmm. already than bringing somebody just fresh off the street. Right. I mean, it definitely makes sense. Like, I watched Fangasm, and what's funny about it is that Molly, I think her name is Molly, yeah. uh, she was at our premiere party <laughs> for King of the Nerds. So she's friends with a bunch of the people from the show, and it was really funny seeing her there because I'm just like, hey, I watched you on TV. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, it would make sense, but it's really funny when you talk to them about the tester people because they didn't even do it on purpose. Like, half the time they didn't even realize, because, like, I was only on it for an episode, and Danielle was on it, and Nicole from season two of the Nerds was on it. Yeah, so that, uh, just for the folks listening at home, um, 51... 51- Minds Entertainment is the company that did uh, the PlayStation's The Tester. This way, you guys are wanting to know what the production company was because that's the thing for me. It's like uh, when you first came on, Deuce and I – because Deuce, Deuce had seen season one and two, right, prior. Yeah. And he told me, hey, uh, King of Nerds is awesome. So I started watching, and I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And then and then I started with season one, the, the pilot of uh, – of, uh, uh, season. well, it started with season three. And and then I was like, all right, well now I got to go through. Now that I finished season three, I got to go back and watch season one and season two because this is a very an interesting show because of all the dynamics and the dichotomy of everybody on the show. So I remember when right. when they first started off, you guys were all coming up, and I noticed the confidence that you exuded when you walked up. I was like, this girl's got confidence. It's like, is that something that you just you you're just so strong and you worked on, or something you've had to kind of like build up throughout the years is it or you know is that something that's steep with instilled in you or is that something that you have to like like my wife says fake it till you make it kind of deal is that something you have to do or what what's your take on that i mean i feel like anybody that has a past that's similar to mine that definitely understands with your wife what the fake it till you make it because i mean if you go in being completely open and vulnerable like people are going to walk all over you I mean if you go in like if I would have went in just acting like I always act people would have been like oh I can squash her like a bug so I mean and plus I got a little bit of confidence just because in the first five minutes like it doesn't show but we're meeting on the mat and I look over at Amanda and I look over at Heather and Heather has a Slytherin bow in her hair and Gryffindor colors on and Amanda looks down and sees my Harry Potter tattoo on my foot and we all just look at each other and go did we just become best friends so I was like, hell yeah, like, I've got nothing to worry about. I've got two chicks here that have my back. And, like, I I don't know. Like, I just, I had to basically fuck it up butter, buttercup. Like, I could not act like, you know, I was going to be squashed. I had to come in confident. And so that was my goal was to just be very confident in what I was doing and um, but still kind of hide behind the scenes and not take leadership roles because leadership roles are always a bad thing, apparently, on this show. So. Well, it's funny. I actually, this is a true story. I stumbled on your YouTube channel even before I started watching uh, the King of the Nerds because I guess I found it through some sort of hashtag or something, uh, campaign for bullies or whatever. And like, I, yeah. I, I stumbled across your video, and I didn't. It didn't dawn on me until later on when I went to your Twitter about like three, four episodes in. I go, holy crap! I know this chick. Like, she was on YouTube because you had this awesome video about dealing with bullies, and uh, you know that's something that you know hits home with. I think a lot of people have been bullied in their right. lifetime. You know, like, 
So like I, I was right. like, that was really cool that you kind of, you know, you're kind of campaigning that because that's that's something not only women but men get bullied as well. And like I feel like anyone right. can kind of take that, you know. And um, so bravo to you to that. Uh, I was very happy to see that. Thank you very much. That was something that I really wanted to like. I made it funny and I made it silly, but at the same time, I also wanted it to be serious. But I just wanted to know that. Uh, like we can all laugh about it and it's not something that you just have to go home and like, I don't know, a lot of people insult people even more when they talk about bullying because it's like, oh, well, you're just being a crybaby, you know, or whatever. So I wanted to make it pretty lighthearted, but also be like, this is serious and this is something that is a problem. And these people should know that don't, I mean, don't feel that way. Like when people treat you like crap, just get away from them because literally look at all these people I met on this show. Like they're all wonderful. They're all still in my life and they all really care about me. So people can knock you down all they want, but I mean, there's always people out there that will feel you and will accept you. And plus, I mean, heck, I don't know. We do the coolest stuff. Like literally my whole cast, like people are working for NASA and people are mathematicians. And I mean, it's awesome what we can do. Like we're in the entertainment business, like we're everywhere. So it's super cool. And being a nerd is something to be very proud of. Oh, I agree definitely. And um, Deuce and I, we're, we're unabashed geeks, and like that was the thing that we we we've been saying since day one on our podcast is like, don't you wave that flag all you want. It is you. You shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid of who you are. You know, and I think that's what I love about King of the Nerds is that it's it's amalgamation of everything that people love and anything that you're passionate about. King of the Nerds kind of takes it and, and kind of displays it in a really nice way. And I, I, I think I really, you know, not only for someone like Deuce and I, but just for everyone, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, we all have something in common, you know. And I, I think that's what's really great about King of the Nerds. It kind of glorifies that. Yes. And you basically just said the lyrics to our nerd anthem. So, you know, I'm pretty good with that as well. Like, pretty happy. <laughs> Not going to lie. Because <laughs> that was, like, nerd anthem was one of just the proudest moments of my life because it was just, like, Nerdvana was never, I know Amanda has her little line on there because we all have lines where we're like, screw the other team. So I know she has a line where she was like, whatever, only like, this many people can sing it. There's so many people from the show. But the real point was Nirvana wasn't just Nirvana on the show. It was supposed to be, like, whatever you think your Nirvana is. And that, you know, like, everybody's accepted, and that was the point. And you've got to let your nerd flag fly. Like, God, it was just writing that song with my team was probably one of the proudest moments of my life. Well, it's funny. We I just watched before the interview started. We rewatched your TBS promo, and I – was blown away by your your cosplay there, and that was Princess Celestia from uh, Friendship. Is, my My Little Pony's Friendship is Magic, the new iteration that's been happening the last few years. Uh, yeah. Were you a fan of My Little Pony's before this show, or has this show kind of got you into it? Um, I was a fan before, but the way that I was, uh, the way that I became a fan of My Little Pony is kind of funny because I mean, of course, I played with My Little Pony when I was little, and they looked a lot different, and it, it wasn't anything like it is now. Um, but as I got older, like, I never really watched it until a few years ago, and I went to a local convention here in Springfield called Game, and you go and you basically, they have a bunch of, like, video game tournaments and just different stuff like that, and so I went and I wore this that wig that you see in the promo, but it didn't have a unicorn horn or ears or anything in it, it was just the wig, and I wore this little, like, wolf hat, and I just had it on my shoulders with, like, t-shirts and jeans, and these boys came up to me and that's why in my promo I say what I say because um, these boys came up to me and they said oh my gosh are you Princess Celestia I will bow down to you right now and I was like what is going on why are these people like telling you they're going to bow down to me I was so confused and 
then uh, later I walked off and looked at my friend and she was like, they think you're from My Little Pony. And I was like, no way. And so I went home and watched it and then was addicted and just finished like the whole season. And I was like, I am turning this wig into a My Little Pony cosplay. So I just drew it out and I was like, I want to have fur and I want it to look like this. And so I just sketched it all out and then made it. <laughs> so that's how it all started. Well, it's funny. I have I have two kids. Um, my son is five um, and my daughter is two. And they're hooked on it. Um, when they're hooked on it, that means my wife and I are hooked on it. So that's the way it happens. You know, you get into you're like, oh, my kids will like yeah. the show, and then you end up watching. It and you're like, hey, this is actually really good. I actually really like this. Yes. So we're. That's, that's why I tell everybody. I'm like, it's not just for kids. I mean, I know that's where you know, like, what people think. But seriously, once you get through a few episodes, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Like every, everything it teaches, I love all of it. It's especially good for children because of all the morals and stuff that it teaches. It's so great. I I love everything about it. Yeah, it's funny because like I I grew up because I have a sister as well, and I remember growing up playing with the my, the original My Little Ponies, and you know it was a little bit different, silly and cute and all that. But I felt like with this iteration, like it it hits all types of like uh, emotions. Like I mean, I don't know. Like I th- there's like they talk about depression, they talk about death, they talk about everything yeah. in the show. It's it's amazing. Like if you un- you know pull back the layers of the onion, like how much is in this show? And I think that's what surprised me by it was like sure it's got its funny moments and all that. Uh, and I, I actually I, I relate the most to Twilight because I, for me, I feel like I, I want people to I want to be able to be a good leader. And I want people to respect me, look up to me, but I'm not perfect. And so it's like I, I try yeah. really hard, you know, to not not that I'm necessarily a people pleaser, but I, I really want to make people happy that are around me. And I think that's what Twilight de- deals with on an everyday everyday basis, especially now that she's princess. You know, spoilers uh, <laughs> that she's a princess. Uh, you know. Yeah, so she she you know she has a lot on her plate, and she she wants to continue her friendship, and she realizes how important friendship is, which is the whole idea of the show. And for me, it's, so it's like now that she's kind of a princess, she's kind of looked at differently amongst the rest of Equestria. So it's like she's still trying to be herself, but even though she's got that new, you know, that new title, that she's still her. You know, like I, I don't know, I think it right. kind of hits on a lot of uh, a lot of points there. It's, it's also game. Like, I mean, even just the opening, just the, like you said, just the opening with Twilight, because at the beginning, she doesn't really care about friends at all. And so that's why I love Princess Celestia, because her biggest, like, I mean, she's this queen or princess, you know, whatever, and she, her biggest thing that she wants to teach is just how important friends are. And that is so, so, so important to me, and I think a lot of people realized really quick on the show, I mean, I know I became famous for saying friendship is magic at least a thousand times, but... Um, it was really like the most important thing to me was once I met these people, I fell in love with all of these people and the hundred grand, I mean, of course it was important and of course I wanted to win and I'm very competitive, but it was just like, I loved every single person on the show. So I was really fine with them winning. I mean, I was going to play the game and compete, but I was fine with them all winning. And it just turned into this big, like I just made permanent friends for the rest of my life. And that was the most important thing about the show, not the hundred grand. So, well, also to kind of keep it in the geek, uh, connection here, uh, if people didn't know the the voice of um discord oh, is Twilight. well the voice of discord is uh was it john delance or whatever delancey uh for, who played q in star trek the next generation so that kind of oh, yeah. yeah so that's kind of cool you kind of have that there but i was also going to mention tara tara strong because like she was yeah. on one of the uh, nerd challenges and what was your moment yep. seeing her that must have been amazing oh my gosh i they didn't even show that like i i was 
trying to be very, like, very in competition spirit, so I remained in that robot voice the entire time. But, like, I, we went out, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we love Tara Strong and my little pony. Like, it was really ridiculous that I kept it in the robot voice the entire time, but basically was fangirling all over myself. And when she at least gave us some over our team, like, that was the most important to Thomas and I both because we were just like, Well, it's funny because, like, you know, you're you're a cosplayer, and if I felt kind of weird because, like, when we were watching that show of the cosplay episode, if you didn't know, like, if they they kind of edited the show like you didn't do cosplay until that point, you know what I mean? Like, it was weird. I've talked to the other right. contestants, like, if 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 they didn't hit that certain genre or topic. Uh, on the show, like some people didn't know that yeah, they, they got left out. They like, got they, they just get got left, left out. out in the cold because, like, you would think that Lily was like the only cosplayer unless you yeah. saw that episode because you were like, "Well, Lily, I'm not. You're not the only cosplayer. I cosplay too." And like, if you didn't see that little thirty second clip, you you never would have known. Right. Exactly. It was. It was very. Um, the producers. Uh, I mean, they picked these teams. I don't know when they picked our teams, you know, but they picked the teams this year. And I'm not sure, like, how they decided it all out. But one thing I will say is they were very smart and strategic themselves. Like, even though a lot of them have considered themselves nerds, they, they kind of are because they are very strategic with the way that they do these reality shows to get reactions that they want. And it was very, very wise to put Lily and I on the same team because basically Lily and I have a lot in common, except for she's younger than I am, and she exudes a little bit more confidence than I do a lot of the time. So it's funny that you said that I had confidence at the very beginning because you're right, I did. And I do have confidence, but my friends will call me like one of the like the weirdest people they know because I have the biggest self-esteem issues, but the biggest confidence, like, but I also have a whole bunch of confidence. So it's really complicated. So some of the times I'm just like, I don't know, I'm not good enough. And then other times I'm like, I've got this. So on the show, just being around that type of personality with Lily and her just being so over the top about everything and just like, I do this and I'm great at it and this is everything. It just made me, like, it just brought out my self-esteem issue side. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'll bow down to you. But every once in a while, like you said, that 30-second clip, I'm just like, hey, by the way, why don't you shut up for a minute? I actually do it, too. But um, it was, I mean, what I'm trying to say is it was just a very good ploy for the producers to put us there because it caused a bunch of tension between Lily and I. And what we found out is after the show, we love each other. But during a competitive environment, it was not fun for us to be together. So it was fun for the producers, but not for us. So how long have you been cosplaying for? Um, I've actually been cosplaying for about four years. Uh, they, I started really late because I actually the same friend that showed me My Little Pony. Uh, she showed me conventions. I didn't even know about nerdy conventions. So I was working at a job, and she came up to me and invited me to a nerdy convention. And she was like, hey, people dress up like characters. And I was just like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, like, you can pick a video game or anything you want, and you can dress up like a character. And so I immediately went to the thrift store and put together a Tifa Lockhart um, cosplay from Final Fantasy VII. And I was super excited because when I was younger, like, a lot of people said if I was to ever be a character, I'd be Tifa Lockhart. And so I went and, like, put together this little costume and bought, like, some old boots, like, men's work boots from Walmart and just painted them red and like, did all this stuff so that way it looked like the character, and I just loved it. Like, I, the, the cosplay looked awesome, the wig was terrible, but that was my learning experience, and then from then on out, I just started doing, like, 
Riku, Princess Celestia, Elle from Death Note. Um, I mean, tons of different ones. Well, since you said you just got into cons, is there any chance you're coming to MegaCon here in Orlando soon? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm trying to win. Um, when is MegaCon? It's in 21 days, if, if, if I'm reading it right, because it's April 10th, 10th through oh, the 12th. Man. Um, actually, I don't know. It's something that I can consider, but I'm going to Europe for two months in May, and so I have to try to save as much money as I can. I'm going to TechoCon um, in Pittsburgh uh, with Todd the Bot, actually, so, um, which is the next weekend. It's like the 16th. So I will actually be in Pittsburgh on the 16th. So, I mean, if I can make my way out there, I would love to. If not, then I would definitely be interested in next year because I'm basically going to as many cons as possible. I know I'll be at Dragon Con, and I know I'll be at San Diego Comic Con. Um, I'll be at Tego Con. Um, we've, oh, my gosh, I don't even know how much else is. There's so many. There's so many cons. I'm going to a lot. And I might be at PAX. I was at PAX Prime last year, so I might be going again. Well, definitely. Con Impact finally made not the same weekend because they've been the same weekend for a while. Right. Well, definitely, if you come to MegaCon this year, and if not this year, next year, we've got an open door policy for all you guys. So, any of you guys that want to come in town, uh, you definitely got to come in the studio and see us. Or if nothing else, let us take you out and buy you all some drinks because we'd love to see and hang out with you guys because it's it's been so nice. You're almost like extended parts of the Happy Hour family now because we've all talked to you and we've. Uh-huh. We've shared all of our stories, and we, we just have such a good time talking with you guys because you're just so much fun, and you're, you're people we can relate to. Right. But I love that. That's so fantastic. I mean, we, we've gotten so many great experiences from this, and, like, we appreciate it just as much. Like, I'm so excited to meet you guys and go out, and I would love to go to MegaCon, and um, it's definitely something I'm interested in. So if I can make it work financially, I'd love to. But it's just it's so sweet, the love that we've gotten from a lot of like just different cons because Midwinter Gaming Convention is actually one that we just went to um, a little while back and I'd never even heard of it and they I mean they literally just set us all up just like you guys said they were like no you're friends of the convention you can come like anytime you want you always have passes I mean it was great and they did the same thing and trust me a lot of us will show up I mean as long as we can make it financially work we'll definitely be there so if not this year since it's coming up so soon then definitely next year but we have to plan on it because that's that's fantastic so well, it's, That's what I'm talking about. Nerds are the best. Like just being like, "Hi, you're always welcome here, and come on in." And it's just, it's great. That's why I love conventions. Well, it's funny. I mean, you, you know, you're our people. You know what I mean? Like that. We feel like it is a family because, like, when we watch you guys on the show, it's like this is us. You know, this is what Deuce and I are. Like we're. We always joke, we, we, Deuce and I were both born with a video game controller in one hand and a comic book on the other. So it's like, that's, <laughs> so when I see you guys on there, it's like, it, it feels like this is our people, you know? And that's what I love about conventions. Like, you walk in, it's like, it's like a nerd mecca. Like, you're opening up the doors and everyone's coming in, waving that banner, that flag, and, and everyone's loving it and everyone's having a great time. You meet friends, you meet people, you have some awesome connections and experiences and, you know, I, I, that's what I love about King of the Nerds is, like, I just feel like I'm watching people that I know, and that's why Deuce and I can relate so much to you guys, because it's like, we don't have to pretend, you know, when we go to, to MegaCon, we'll be going to MegaCon this year, we can go in and be like, all right, there's our there's a cosplayers here, like, I'm going to be cosplaying as Barry Burton from Resident Evil, uh, we got a full stars uh, from the video game Resident Evil, we got the whole crew. My wife's gonna be Jill Valentine and all that. So like we always, we, we you know we, we go through and we do the whole nine yards when it comes to cosplaying. But like we, we can go in and, and just have a great time and meet people. And I, that's some one of the greatest things about going to conventions is just meeting the people. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, you're you're totally right. It is. 
that's one of the biggest things that I said because we've noticed a lot, and, and it's with all communities, just kind of going back a little bit to the bullying just for a second, because we've noticed a lot that a lot of people will write and be like, you know, well, I didn't like these people on here, and I thought they were bullying on the show, and I thought this, and this person's not nerdy enough, and watching My Little Pony doesn't make you nerdy, and like, just so many things, and it's like, back in the day, I mean, if you think about it, before this nerd thing was a cool thing, which I'm, I'm so happy that nerd is the new cool, that, that makes me feel good, I think it's great, because true nerds, like, we know, we know what it feels like to be made fun of, and we know what it feels like to not be accepted, and it's great to know that we're finally accepted and finally getting recognized for the amazing things that we do. It's just sad to know that in our community now, since nerd is the new cool, now we're doing what we've always taught and told others not to do and always hated that others did to us and say that we don't have the right nerd cred or we're not good enough or we're not and that's, that's so silly and that's why I love going to conventions because you don't have to walk around and have people look at you and be like that cosplay is not good enough or what, what are you into why are you here everybody is just like oh my gosh I can't believe you're from Final Fantasy or I can't believe you're from Doctor Who or you know like it's just it's amazing because it's all the love and all the support and it's just great I love conventions uh, not to mention I pulled you guys up. You guys have some amazing guests this year, so if I can fly out to Orlando, I'm going to make it happen. Well, definitely. We we can get a lot of things figured out for you if you decide you want to come out. Because, yeah, the guests this year are amazing. Uh, we've actually... Oh <laughs> we're the fifth largest con in the United States now. So, um, yeah, you just got to hit us up. Uh, there's definitely maybe some strings we can pull and... And, and, and see what we can do to help you as much as we can, but we'd definitely love to have you come out. Um, I would love to. So I will definitely get with people and see, you know, of course, if I can get some nerds with me, then we might even be able to split a hotel or something, and that always helps. And, yeah, I'll definitely see because, um, for one, I don't know, you guys talked to Lily, so she's a giant Firefly fan. So seeing some of these people on here, uh, she would lose it. Uh, not to mention I'm obsessed with Doctor Who, and you probably have, I don't know, you have like five, at least five. You have Rory and Amy and um, freaking River, River Song. Like, I can't even, oh my gosh, you have everybody. Like, yeah. it's very exciting. Well, see, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I shouldn't be allowed in the same room as that man. <laughs> well, that's... I would just lose it, so he would probably just file a restraining order against me, so I probably should never actually meet him, but you know. Yeah, and that's a good thing about here in, in MegaCon. It's in Orlando, so it's like everybody wants to come to Orlando anyway. So it's like if you're a celebrity, you're like, wait a minute, I can go to Orlando and I can get paid. It's like nobody turns that down. <laughs> I know it's a win-win situation. They can go to Harry Potter land and they'll get money. Like it's, it's a great, great win-win for them. Well, on top of that, MegaCon's got so many different hookups with the different theme parks that. I'm pretty sure they just take the celebrities whatever day they want to go and so they can go and see all that stuff and get the backstage VIP tours and all that, which is a lot of fun. So, I mean, oh trust me, it's an easy sell for those guys. Yeah, for sure. I, it's def- there's definitely not a downside. So so you mentioned PAX earlier, and that um, my Deuce and I were, you know, like I said, we're born with a video game controller in one hand. Uh, what's, your game, <laughs> what's your gaming history like? When did you start gaming? Um, okay, so I started, I started with, I mean, I played on the Nintendo Entertainment System, but I really started with the SDS. Like, that's, I mean, that's, and it's one of the systems that I swear by to this day, and even if people aren't a huge Nintendo fan, like, a lot of people agree with me, because it just had, for the amount of games that that system had, and, like, the time that it came out, I mean, it's just, oh, it had so many good games. Um, anyways, I, I played a lot of SNES and a lot of PlayStation 1, 
And then, um, but I have a PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, a Nintendo Wii GameCube, um, SNES, NES, 64, um, a Wii U, and I have an Xbox, I don't, and an Xbox 360. Xbox One is the only new console that I don't have. Um, and as far as games that I play, like everything on Nintendo, of course, all of, uh, all of Zelda, all of Mario, um, Donkey Kong, um, any of those. And then I also really, and that's the Final Fantasy, I brought it up a couple times, um, and any RPGs. And then I recently, in the last two years, started getting really into PC gaming, and so I've been doing more on Steam. And um, I started Half-Life, but I haven't got very far because when I went to PAX, Last year, I met some guys at the Shadow of Mordor. Uh, they had, like, a little pre-show and opening thing. Uh, once we went to that, they were like, Half-Life is the best game in the entire universe, and you have to play. So since I'd never really done a whole lot of PC gaming, I'd never really gotten really into it. So I started that too recently. But basically a lot. I'm kind of all over the place. Well, that's something that I'm super passionate about um, is RPGs. And you were mentioning you – know, I see little hints and stuff on the show. You talk about Final Fantasy and everything like that, and I was like – Oh, she likes she likes uh she likes RPGs and that's Final Fantasy is my favorite uh franchises one of my favorite franchises ever. Like I have like Final Fantasy one on the Nintendo Entertainment System complete in the box. Like I, I had to search oh for God. it. Yeah, I had to search for it, but I, I was able to find it. Uh, but I usually just say Final Fantasies one through six are perfect. Uh, seven's really great. Eight has its moments. Nine is quirky. Ten has awesome moments, and then I think after ten, personally, I feel like Final Fantasy's kind of dropped off a little bit. I, I don't know. Uh, I agree. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, I was really sad. Um, I was not a huge fan of 12 um, or 11, and then 13, like, when it came out, like, God, what a pretty game. Like, it's pretty. It's just, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. It was so linear. It was so, like, just. Back, like the reason I like seven so much, or even any of the older ones, is because like when you have the world map and you can run all over the place and do whatever you want. And there's all these secrets. Um, the newer ones to me seemed to be like one path, like you just followed one thing. And to be on King of the Nerds, I actually had a full on. I don't even. It wasn't even a discussion because it was just with myself. So basically, I ranted on my soapbox for like an hour about how I loved the Materia system in Final Fantasy VII because a lot of times when I say that that's one of my favorite games, people are just like, oh, it's so overrated and Seven's not that good. And, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. I have valid reasons that I like this game. And I really, 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 really love the Materia system because a lot of people like the Sphere Grid and Ten, and I love Ten. I love the story and little moments, but I didn't, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the Sphere Grid and that's what they continued on with. So. Well, no, it's funny. I, with Final Fantasy VII, I think one of the main reasons it got so popular was because you think about it, during that time you had the Nintendo 64 that was kind of battling on with uh, with the PlayStation 1, and Nintendo 64 didn't really have any RPGs other than Ogre Battle 64 and Quest 64. So like you didn't really go to the 64 free RPGs, but, Nintendo, uh, but Sony all of a sudden started getting all these amazing RPGs, Vagrant Story and Chrono Cross, and like all these amazing games coming out and just blowing out the doors. People were like, wow, if you want RPGs, you go and get it on uh, the PlayStation One, and it was like I, it was like almost like a renaissance almost because like all of a sudden we were just getting inundated uh, in a good way with all these RPGs, and it was almost a little overwhelming because you're like, what do I play next? And it was like with Sony, with Square Enix, they were like, or SquareSoft at the time, they were like, hey, check it out, this is what we're doing. We have our first uh, 3D rendered polygons, and that, and the funny thing is, like, I, when's the last time you last time you played Final Fantasy VII? Um, I played it. 
actually, I'm playing it now. Only Okay, I played this game a lot, and I have two copies of it. It's really dumb. Like, I, when I say I'm obsessed with it, like, there is one thing that I'm, I'm really obsessed with, and it's Final Fantasy VII. And um, my boyfriend had never played it, and so we're actually playing through it now because he's never played it. So I'm making him play it. And he's like, I don't know if I can get over the pixels. And I was like, oh, I promise you can get over the graphics. Like, you have no idea what you're about to get into. So we're, we're playing it currently. Well, that's... He just got through, uh, uh, what did he just do? He just did the part where um, the guy dresses up, uh, where Cloud dresses up as a girl and goes <laughs> in with Aaron. <laughs> and she's uh, um, into that room with that guy that's really perverted. And that's, that's where we're at right now. So. Well, that, that's uh, that was you hit you actually hit on something I was going to bring up was when when Final Fantasy VII came out it was the height of technology so like when you saw the pixels you were like blown away you're like oh my gosh I go from playing Final Fantasy VI arguably one of the best games ever made and then you and then you and, you know from the the 2D era and then all of a sudden uh, SquareSoft's like hey check out what we're doing here and you're blown away you got the cutscenes with the train in the very beginning it, it's it's just it, it it from the from the get go your heart's racing because of that that timer that that ticking clock element. And you're just like, wow, this game is. I mean, I'm not used to anything like this. So I think one of the things that was it was very revolutionary, and I think that's why it's so popular, because no, it kind of set a precedence for all the RPGs that came out afterwards. You know, so like, I I'm right there with you. And, and what game do you get where you have a talking dog? You got a guy dressing up in a dress. You've got uh, a beautiful love story in there, and then you know, spoilers, someone dies. I won't say who it is, but a, a very pronounced character dies and you're crying at the end of the game you go from laughing hysterically to crying i mean that, that's so diverse yep. all the emotions you get uh in that and that i think that's why i love final fantasy 7 so much because it like hits all those yeah. different emotions you are hitting the nail on the head like this is literally what i tell people every time i talk about final fantasy 7 like i'm just like you don't understand all these little things that you can do in that and little things that you can change too like you can actually take barrett out on a date you don't have to take Tifa or Eris out on a date, because that's what people generally take. You can take Barrett out on the date whenever you go to the Golden Saucer. Like, you don't have to take either of the girls. And it's just, and it's also interesting because you do invest so much time into that, that character that dies, and they are in it for quite some time. And not to mention if you're obsessed with games and you want to get every little thing, you want to get, like, all of their final weapons and everything. And that means you have to invest a lot of time into that character for that character to just die. Like, it doesn't, you, you lose it. You do not get that character in your party anymore. You do not get anything. So, not only are you invested in the story of that character, but you're also invested in the character in general. And so, it's, it's a lot of loss. It's a lot of loss. Did you geek out like I did when Advent Children came out? Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. I actually did Tifa Lockhart in Advent Children, and I also did um, Tifa in Final Fantasy VII. I've done both cosplay. That's awesome. When are you going to put stuff, like, uh, you know, on on Twitter and like do more videos. Cause I, I bet you got some fans after this. that want to see more of your work. I know. Uh, I, so a lot of my pictures from my cosplay are on there and they're also on my Facebook page and, uh, YouTube videos are coming so soon. Like I've been out of town for the past, like two months off and on. And I'm, it sounds like I'm still going to be because now I am actually talking to people right now, uh, about going to MegaCon. So I'm really trying to make this happen. Um, and so there's been a lot of traveling, and so it's really hard for me to record anything. But um, I'm still going to make some of my little silly, like, how-to videos, like you guys talked about with the how to deal with bullying. Um, I'm going to make some how-to so videos, and I'm also going to make a little silly video coming really soon about how to train your dog, because I already told everybody I was going to. So I'm going to introduce my dogs to the world. And um, But after that, like, of course, I'll always take suggestions, and I'm going to be trying to post as much as I can. 
And then after Europe, I think I'm going to really start trying to stream on Twitch. So that way, if anybody's interested in learning how to play games or just wants to watch or whatever for fun, then I'm going to start doing that too. Well, you definitely need to start following us on Twitch then because we do a lot of Twitch stream videos and we've been getting a good foothold on Twitch, which is really good. Uh, Johnny, yeah. tell them real quick how they can find us on Twitch. Yeah, so we're on Twitch. Uh, pretty much anything you Google Happy Hour Podcast, it's, you'll find us, but it's twitch.tv forward slash Happy Hour Podcast. And and also, Lily, I want to – excuse me, I'm sorry. Rochelle, I want to throw this out there to you okay. guys for all you – and this is not just for you. It's, it's all of our friends from King of the Nerds. Uh, any of you guys that want to come to MegaCon, I will extend personally the invitation to Casa de Deuce. So you will have a place to stay, and I will personally chauffeur you guys around for the weekend if you can just get here. So if you can get a plane ticket and get here, you're golden. Okay, that sounds amazing. Because if anything, I can actually probably drive. Because y'all are only like, um, I think it's 13 hours. I know that sounds like a lot, but we do a lot of road trips. Like I'm actually, for San Diego Comic Con, we're actually driving, which is 21 hours. So I can drive to Orlando. Like It's not a big deal. So I think I'm going to make this happen. So I will definitely be hitting you up after this. Because I definitely am going to try to make this happen. Well, definitely. Because if you're coming, we definitely want to swing by and see you, Rochelle. And we definitely want to get our picture taken with you for sure. Um, and like I said, for you and any of the other nerds that want to come, I extend the offer out. And if not this year, next year, you guys, anytime you come to Orlando, you got a place to stay. And I have zero problems chauffeuring you guys around, picking you up from the airport. I'd be more than happy to do it. Oh, my God. You are so fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, I can tell you right now as a congor myself, the two things that eat up your money is the hotel room and getting a rental car or your transportation. And if it's like, those are the two biggies. If you can get those taken off your plate, all you've got to worry about is the plane ticket getting there and food. So, I mean, if I can make right. two of those things easier for you, I'd be more than happy to do it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Because you are correct. Like, that is the biggest part of the cost. So, like, the fact that you said that, I guarantee some of us will be there. So, I will write you for sure after this. But Definitely. I think it's a plan. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. And I, like I said, I extended it to you and I extended it to all the other King of the Nerds cast. But not just the cast. This goes to your significant others, too. Like your boyfriend and also, you know, anybody else's boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Well, Casa de Deuce is pretty big if, if, because if, nobody's ever seen it except for Johnny. It's a rather large house I live in by myself. So uh, we've got plenty of room for you, people. And you have to make sure, though, like when you do this, you should maybe hit up somebody from Midwinter Gaming Con. Like, when you offer this up, like, you got to be prepared because we come in in a hurricane. Like, we're like a hurricane. I mean, oh, we I come in as a giant family and we we leave a mark. Trust <laughs> me, no. It, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. Casa de Deuce is like a borderline nerd frat house, as <laughs> it is. So, I mean, as long as you're okay with a pug, uh, then you're good to go. Yep. Perfectly fine with that. So, uh, Rachel, um, what was obviously getting back to King of the Nerds? What was the most challenging experience that you had on the show? And I'm not necessarily meaning the challenges itself, but like just a time, a tough time that you had on the show that you were like really like challenged you, either mentally or physically. Or what was what was a tough time you had on the show? Um, honestly, there's not like one little pinpoint, but the the, the biggest challenge that I had period was just trying to stay calm under pressure, like trying to come up with stuff that you know under pressure. I mean, people were asking me, you know, like about Pokemon or about anything that like I, 
you know, I'm into currently, and I know all the facts about. But when you ask and you have all of that pressure and you have three seconds to answer a question, like what people don't know is in that nerd slime challenge, we had three seconds to answer the question. So that's why Lily said the Hulk instead of the Incredible Hulk, and that's why Caitlin said Event Horizon instead of any other movie in the entire universe in the sci-fi category. Um, I mean, literally, you have three seconds, and it's so, 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 so hard to just calm down and, like, find your inner zen and just answer a question you already know. I mean, it's literally like somebody just being like, Rochelle, who's the main character in Final Fantasy VII? And I'm just like, I have no idea. And, uh, yes, of course I know who it is, but it's just so much pressure and so much excitement and all of these emotions all at once. And it's something that I've never dealt with before because, like, it's a hundred grand on the line and everybody looking at you. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's bigger than I ever thought it would be. So just that in general. And once I started getting my confidence and calming down, like, I mean, even in the nerd anthem, we did great in the forensics challenge. Like, once I finally felt some confidence, even in the slime challenge, like, I was like, I know these topics and I've got it until it got to either Game of Thrones. But, um, like, I had it all in the bag. And so it just, it takes a lot just calming down. So for the first half of the show, I think it was me just trying to, like, find my inner zen and just get to where I needed to be. And then the second half, I was like, okay, I think I'm pretty good. So. Well, it's funny because, like, you, like I said in the beginning, you came across came across as very confident, but you also came across as, like, very. Well, how do I say this? Like a queen of pop culture because it seemed like you knew everything and like you had you had an answer for everything. Like, and I, that's what blew me away. Was like, you kind of were a little the way they edited the show. I I don't know. Like, they didn't give you as much screen time as as uh, some of the other casts. It was like whatever you dig it on screen. I think you blew people away. You're like, oh my gosh, this girl knows her stuff. She does. She's done her homework. And that's what I loved about that last <laughs> challenge. You were like, wow, this girl knows everything. Like, I think that's what's really neat about you. You're kind of enigmatic. People kind of want to know more about you, but they're just like captivated as well. They're like, well, this this girl knows her stuff. So I, I was really impressed by you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I didn't get a whole lot. And I, I know some of it's played out because they want to give more to, like, people that made it all the way and, you know, different different things for why they played out that way. And um, I was so – it's so hard to just, like, in those shows, like, in the interviews, they want you to compare everything to, like, all of the stuff that you do back at home. So, like, I have all of this dirty knowledge, but I don't talk to people in everyday life going, like, hey, you remind me of Cloud because you're feisty and this. Like, you don't really talk talk like that and so it was really hard for me to come up with like nerdyisms or whatever and like the rest of my cast was really good at that so I appreciate the fact that you said that it looked like I was knowledgeable because that's great because I do feel like I have a lot of knowledge on everything but I think some of the part some of the reason I didn't have as much screen time is because I wasn't always as good with coming up with those, with those nerdyisms like man Lily what a pun queen dude like she nailed it like she had so many good nerdyisms and Todd like just the way that he talks in general that guy just talks in nerdisms the entire time like it's hilarious listening to him talk. So um, once I start mastering that too, I guess that was another challenge that I had. So I'll have to start learning how to talk like that. <laughs> well, I gotta say, speaking of challenges in the house, because we brought up the the infamous Todd the Bod fight. I think on every single one of these interviews we had, at the end of it, when you pulled him aside and you sat him down and you were like, "Look, it is not okay. It is not okay to make anybody cry. That is not okay." <laughs> like. I was so proud of you because, I mean, you th you think of Todd the Bod as this gentle giant, and then he hulks out, and you're the one trying to bring him back to be in Bruce Banner, if you will. Like, hey, this is not okay. You need to quit hulking out. <laughs> right. See, look at 
hit you with your nerdyisms. You need to go on the show next season. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but Todd, yeah, uh, it he actually we had a, like a lot of what they don't show on camera. Todd and I were best friends in the house. I mean, that's that's why I could talk to him the way I was talking to him. And he thought that a lot of that, for some reason, would like help me out in the long run because he knew he was going in. And so, for some reason, somewhere in his head, is he thought that if my team would get mad at him that they would never point their finger at me or something. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. And so I had to sit him down, and I'm just like, Todd, this is not the way to do it. Like, you're mixing stuff up. And he was very worked up about the way that Lily acted in the house and the way she was. And he was really convinced that she was playing nice just to, like, screw us all over in the end. And um, he was just so convinced about it. And I was like, even if you are convinced, this is the game that's making you feel this way, and this is the game that's making her act that way. This is not... You cannot treat people like that. Like, this is just the game. Please separate it. And I did think it was funny that the game that I chose was Monopoly. But either way, um, yeah, I was very proud of myself as well. And it's really, really, really nice to get recognition for that as well. And Curtis, like, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to any of Curtis's interviews, but he makes me cry. Because when he watched it with the producers, he told them that they should send me a huge vat of flowers. So... I mean, like, he was so, so, so sweet about it. So thank you very much. I was I was very happy with the way it all came out and everything. And, and then Todd redeems himself at the end. So it was really, really nice. Well, that's what I really liked because, like I said before, I think you really kind of Betty Ross, that whole situation of – calming him down and getting him to quit hulking out but also you know he 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 lost the the challenge that came up next and he went to leave and you guys are all like oh come on and he's like no i thought y'all hated me and you're like no come here you big lug give me a hug you know which was so sweet <laughs> yeah. and then you know everybody left and i just because i'd watched season one and season two i knew they were gone but i knew they weren't gone gone so i was waiting right. for them to come back um, and then to see him come back was so, so cool and how everybody kind of welcomed him with open arms and we're so glad to see him back. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I'm never going to let him leave without giving us a hug. And all of us, I mean, even though Lily was still like a little shaken up about everything and whatnot, like everybody was so forgiving. That was so, that was what was so great about our cast. I yeah. mean, literally, I... They put me on this season. I couldn't have been on any other season. Like, everybody talks about how I almost made it on season two and whatnot. And I love season two. Don't get me wrong. I hang yeah. out and talk to these people all the time. This was the perfect season for me because I am I am that Friendship is Magic girl. And this was just that season that was like, hey, we're all best friends. Literally to the point where the producers at one point told us that we had to stop using the word friends. Because they thought we forgot about the 100 grand because we turned it into a nerdy nerd camp. Yeah. Like, we were just like, we don't actually care. Like, I mean, it's cool, the 100 grand is there. And I'm really excited to do these competitions. But we're actually just hanging out with our best buds right now. So, but- I mean, it's... And it's so great that people actually see that because that was the most important thing for me on the show. But I see, see, and that's the thing that the producer said that I disagree with because this has been my favorite season so far. And the reason being, you guys kind of made it like nerd summer camp. Like, these are all yes. my friends. We're having a good time. Yeah, we're having these nerd wars. Kind of like when you go to summer camp and you have camp wars with your other bunks and things like that. But at the end of the day, you're all still friends and you all still love each other and like hanging out. And you build, just like yeah. in real summer camp, those friendships for life. Like, you know, I know yes. Heather and uh, Heather and Lily are, are doing stuff on the side now. They've got their own projects. And Amanda was talking about, I think her and Heather are going to be in. moving yeah. in together. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, there's these yeah. bonds that have they, been built. No, actually, we're all moving to California. So, like, we originally yeah. were all moving to Denver, but a lot of the nerds are in California, and Amanda's, a lot of Amanda's family lives in California. So they actually just made their move, and that's what I was 
was going to be doing this month as well. But the only reason I'm not is because I'm going to Europe for two months. So it's, you know, easier to stay in Springfield, Missouri, where everything is really cheap. Right. than move to California while I'm traveling to Europe for two months. So, um, but yeah, we're all going to end up there because Heather's going there as well. And it's all going to be one giant nerd happy family in California. We have joked a thousand times about just buying a nerd mansion and us all moving in. Well, and if we well, do, I guess I mean... we should just. Yeah, well, I guess we should just make our own TV show then, right? Like, just be like, here's the life of all these nerds, but not on reality TV. Well, like, you might as well, because the weather's a lot better in California, and hell, weed's legal in California just like it is in Denver, so you might as well just go ahead and stay in California with the beach. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I did have... I always considered moving to Florida, so it's always, like, between Florida and California. But oh, California's no, Florida's where you gotta to move to. I mean, no, weather. you gotta come to Florida. Florida's way better. Florida's <laughs> way better than every place in the world. <laughs> Casa de Deuces in Florida, and so you've got to come to Florida. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I go to Florida all the time, so it's okay. Like, that's actually when I got told that I wasn't going to be on the show, I was in Florida, like, visiting with my ha- with my boyfriend's family, because we go to Florida every summer, um, either with my family or his family, and one of my best friends lives in Destin, so, like, we go up there all the time. Well, we definitely love to have you and your boyfriend and whoever wants to join us in studio for maybe a, an episode or something like that. If you're ever in the area, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be up there quite a bit because, you know, I've got to go to Disney World all the time. So, Well, I think that's what's so great about this is, like, you know, all of you guys have been super, like, friendly and, like, open about, hey, this is some two guys. They, they like to sit on a couch, drink some beers, talk about geek and nerd culture. And, like, you guys are all been so welcoming and nice and, like, that's like we feel like like you said earlier like you guys are like our friends like you guys made us feel super comfortable and we hopefully we we you guys feel the same way and it's like that's what we want to continue this on after the show's over like you, we feel like we made really good connections with you guys yeah. and we really appreciate that yeah that's totally like just even the fact that you guys are like offering up your place and you know like helping us out to go to a con i mean this this is it. This is Nerd Fam. This is what Nerdvana does, and this is why I'm so proud to be part of this show. Like, no matter what anybody takes away from it, this, I mean, this is it. Like, we are creating this giant family, and we can visit each other anywhere, and we can all live in different states, and it's, I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful. Like, there is, there's been this cheesy thing that Heather and I talk about all the time, and we make fun of it because it's so cheesy, but it's so true. It's, like, for a long time, like, me and fairy tales, because I'm obsessed with Disney, and I'm obsessed with horror, and they're very different genres, and it makes no sense. Yeah. But for a while, I stopped believing in fairy tales, because I was like, you know, you don't actually fall in love with people. Like, that doesn't happen. You have to get to know each other. People, are, it's not reality. But when I met these people on the map, I'm serious. Like, it, it's so cheesy. But literally, I looked at them, and when Heather and Amanda were like, we just become best friends, I mean, all of this cute stuff, I, right then, I knew, I knew that falling in love with somebody at first sight or right there was possible. And it, that was my fairy tale, like, just meeting them on the map. Because there was no judgment between anybody. Like, I mean, there was judgment on, like, oh, I think they like Harry Potter. But there was no judgment on, like, are you good enough to be here? Or are you good enough to even be standing next to me? Or any kind of weird, like, not feeling good enough. It was all just, like, we love each other. It was instant love with everybody in the house. And it was so awesome. Like, it was so awesome. And I'm feeling the same way with fans and with people that, like, you guys on the podcast. Like, anybody that's done our interviews, everybody has been so kind and so welcoming. Like, just like Midwinter. A lot of us hadn't even heard of Midwinter Gaming Convention. And then we all just went and crashed there because one guy wanted to open it up to us. And it, I mean, it was so awesome. It's just, it's, it's great. Nerds are great. This is, this is the best thing of it. Well, one question I had to ask you while I've got you on. Now that the finale's over, and because you're one of the only people that's going to know, 
So Heather, we love Heather. She's one of our favorites. She's amazing. We she love is her. A, straight up amaze balls. May have had a little bit too much to drink on the final night and tried to hook up with what was it? It wasn't Jonathan. It was Jacob. Her and Jacob got tried to get hooked up, and that didn't go well. And then they show her randomly making out with somebody in one of the 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 nerd pods, but they didn't show you who it was. Are you at liberty to tell us who that person was? <laughs> yeah, well, it uh, it was definitely me. Um, you can Do tell it. because of the hair. <laughs> um, Which thank you because you just feet. won me ten dollars, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was Heather, Amanda, and I all in the same pod, so you can see Amanda smiling at our feet. So it's pretty obvious that it's me. It was really funny because in the previews, the promos, they showed this a long time ago. And um, everybody thought that that was just Heather and Amanda. Like, they were like, well, duh, they have this love story. It's Heather and Amanda. And I was like, oh, man, the world is going to be shocked. But it's not Amanda. Um, And, yeah, we all had a bit too much to drink. And Heather is an attractive lady. And she's adorable, and we had fun that night. We didn't know when we were going to see each other again, so it was a good time. And Jacob, that whole thing was just a giant mess anyways because, I mean, they're great friends, so it's all good. But it was just really funny because it was just like everybody was pushing them way too much. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. No, that's exactly what What? it was because I I, want to say it was Jonathan who pulled Jacob in the bathroom and was like, hey, man. You know she's into you, and he's like, bro, I know I've had a couple drinks, but I know. I got this. And then the two of them are sitting next to each other, and it's so awkward. Like, the two of them are like, so, you know, what's going on? It's like, come on, man. You both had a couple drinks. You're both into each other. You just need to go find yourself a private space and talk alone or whatever. But it was just, yeah. Like, they started talking about, like, Pac-Man or something. Like, what, yeah. I can't remember what they were talking about, but it was so funny that Heather was like, hey, let's talk about this because this is stupid and awkward and I can't believe people are doing this. But at the same time, like, I actually really liked that because for a while I was really worried for that to air. Um, and because my boyfriend's family is a little bit more um, reserved than my family. So my family was just like, whatever, this is you and your shenanigans. Yeah. Um, his family, you know, is a little bit more reserved. So I was a little worried about that airing. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it really plays in, like, placates to the nerds as well. Like, if anybody has seen Revenge of the Nerds or anything nerdy or, like, hear about band camp or whatever, nerds are really usually the wild ones. And we, you know, drank a lot and we had a good time. And sometimes nerds are, you know, like, normal human beings are a little sexually active. So, you know, people kissed and things happened and it was fun. And, yeah, so I, I I thought it was a pretty good, solid moment. Well, A, thank you for just winning me $10. I greatly appreciate that because that bet has now been solved. So I, I'm going to get my money later, so I'm very happy about that. But I did it just for you, actually. I knew oh, you were you, so I did it just for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate it that you did it just for me because I'll tell you what, that $10 is going to be nice in my pocket. But uh, I'm, I'm actually – I was really surprised at Jacob, and, and just to go back to that for a quick second because if I was him, I would have played that situation completely differently. Because I would not have had awkward conversation with Heather. I've been like, all right, Heather, we need to find a place where the cameras aren't at. We need to have a long conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, they're good now, though. So, you know, everybody's got to have their moments outside the show. And we all get to hang out and not have cameras in our face. So, it's been nice. Well, it's kind of like my papa always said. That's a fish you don't want to let off the hook. So, 
especially when it comes to Heather. So, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for him that it happened, but, you know, I guess it happens to the best of us. Yeah, yeah. There's not to be, I guess, you know. I don't know. I have dibs, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you won me money, so you can have dibs all day. <laughs> so, Rachel, we we really appreciate you taking you know time out of your schedule to talk with the happy hour Johnny and Deuce. We are happy to call you a friend, and like we said, the Olive Ranch is extended. Anytime you're in the Orlando area, you know you got a place you can hang out and, and meet some cool people, and uh, just thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. We really appreciate it. Oh well, thank you guys very much for having me, and again, thank you for the MegaCon. I will be hitting you up because. It's happening. Like, I can tell you right now it's happening because, like you said, the, you took care of the most expensive part. So Yeah, I the most expensive part is having somebody to drive you in a place to stay, and we've got both. All right. All right. We'll make it happen. So I'll get some nerds, but I'm just, I'm just warning you again. We are a hurricane, so I hope you're prepared. Uh, uh, my house insurance is fully paid up, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. So uh, how do people get a hold of you on the Internet? Um, on the internet, you can go to my Facebook page, which is Rochelle Peekaboo, like Pikachu, but Peekaboo, so P-I-K-A-B-O-O, but if you type in Rochelle Peeling, it'll pull it up. Um, and then anything else, like if you want to add me on Steam or on Twitter or just anything you can imagine, I'm Lama Lamb, which is L-L-A-M-A-L-A-M-B. And that's Twitch, I mean, that's literally everything. Awesome. So... Like we said, thank you so much, and uh, definitely uh, keep the lines of communication open. We'd love to see you sometime in the Orlando area. Great. I absolutely will, and thank you guys. You have a good day. You too. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. 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 Well, that was our amazing interview with Rochelle from King of the Nerds. And Johnny, how can they find us here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce? Yeah, of course, we're at HH Podcast Show on Twitter, as well as we have a Gmail, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Deuce, we are on YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash happy hour podcast, facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. It goes on. If you've been a dedicated listener, you know where to go, but just in case you got some you know, Rachelle fan club on today's episode. You know, you just yes. heard us for the first time because we know there's people out there that love Rachelle like we do. She's amazing. Uh, definitely uh, hit us up on there as well. And uh, we hope that uh, you guys enjoy the episode. And uh, like I said, we'll have Jonathan on soon. And any of the other, we send it out to all the rest of the cast we haven't talked to. Uh, Jacob, Jacob, Thomas, Ori, Caitlin, every, anyone that hasn't joined us on, we'd love to have you on as well. So definitely hit us up. Uh, you hit us at our Gmail, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. And of course, when you're talking about the happy hour with Johnny Deuce, there's three hashtags you want to put in your social machining choice. Of course, it's hashtag happy hour, happy hour podcast, podcast, hashtag hh podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. See ya. Thank you.